Let's just worship him right here. Come on, God is able to do this.
David said, is there anyone left of the house of Saul to whom I can show chesed, covenant, kindness, mercy, and grace, unmerited favor? And that same day, that same day, less than 24 hours, Mephibosheth went from being a pauper, living in abject poverty, living in hiding, to sitting at the king's table, feasting with the king's sons, not just once, but for the rest of his life. I don't know what you're trusting God to do, but God desires. Listen, let me just say it this way. Most of us don't struggle with God's ability. It's easy for us to say that God is able. Most of us struggle with whether or not God is willing. God, I know you can do it, but are you willing to do it? And it doesn't only stop there. Sometimes our contention and our wrestling and our struggling is not only will God do it, the question we often ask is, will God do it for me, Stephen? I know you did it for Converge Church. I know you did it for Pastor Ray and Wendy. But God, can you? Will you do it for me? And the answer to that question, the answer to your petition this morning is a resounding yes. It is a resounding yes. So, Pastor Kevin, would you take us back in? This is what I'm hearing. Yes, sir. Can we, can we sing this together? This is a little special part. This is what I'm hearing. Let's just declare it over ourselves. You ready? Come on, keep playing that. Same thing. This is what I'm hearing. Only do it, won't he do it? Only do it, won't he do it? Yes, he will. Only do it, won't he do it? 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 Okay. Only do it, won't he do it? this side over here, that's your part. We're going to turn it into a quiet, okay? Then we're going to build this thing back up. Why? Because confession is necessary. Yeah. It's important. The Bible says faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Amen? So this is my choir. This is my altos or whatever you call it over here. Y'all ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. You say, won't he do it, won't he do Won't he do it, won't he? Yes, he will. Won't he do it, won't he do Y'all got it. Won't he do it, won't he do Yes, he will. Won't he do it, won't he do Won't he do it, won't he do Yes, he will. Won't he do it, won't he do Y'all ready? Won't he do it, Yes, he will. Won't he do it? 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 Yes, he will. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Won't he do it? God is able. God is able to do. Come on. Just what he said, he will do. He's gonna fulfill. He's gonna fulfill every promise. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Come on. Because he won't give up on He's able. God, I believe that you're able. And I'll receive. Say, he's able. Don't give up on. Don't give up on. Cause he won't give up on you. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Cause he won't. He won't give up. Oh my. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Cause he won't give up. You 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 you. Oh, he won't. 
is running after me. Anybody know that? Say, your goodness is running after It's running after me. With my life, with my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Come on, say, your goodness, your goodness is running after It's running after me. Your
let's not miss this moment. If we just take a second, just a second to look back over our lives, we will see how he has been so good, so gracious, so faithful. There may be some of you right now that don't feel it, but take a second just to look back. I can testify to his goodness and his faithfulness at every single point that I wanted to give in, at every single point that I wanted to give up, at every single point that I and my humanity wanted to stop. God, our sovereign, holy, gracious, good God has been faithful all my life. All 50 plus years of my life, he has been good. He has been gracious. He has never failed us. He is so worthy. He alone is worthy of all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. Be seated if you can. And if you can't, that's okay too, because we are free in this house. Ooh, good morning. It is my duty to come and greet and welcome all of you to Converge Live, our in-person worship experience. I want to greet Converge Nation, our online virtual family, joining us via live stream. And I want to greet any first-time guests here with us in person. If this is your first time with us, thank you for choosing to spend a portion of your day with us here at Converge. We don't take it lightly. Our pastors want to greet you. They want to shake your hand and get to know you a bit. So stop by the Welcome Center at the end of the worship experience and we have a small gift for you. It's just a token of appreciation and our way of saying thank you for choosing to honor us with your presence today. Amen. Amen. Y'all, I'm a little out of breath because I was over there hopping and stuff, but it's going to be all right in Jesus' name. So if you guys want to stay in the, in the loop on everything that God is doing and have the most up-to-date information on what's happening right here at Converge, the best way to do that is to connect with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at We Are Converge. You can find us on TikTok at Converge Church. And again, that's the fastest, easiest, most current information that we have available on all that God is doing right here. We don't want you to miss out, so be sure to like and subscribe and turn those notifications on. Amen? We have a few things that we want to make you aware of. Today is the second Sunday of the month, and on second and fourth Sundays, Converge students, our middle school and high school students, meet over in the rail at 10 a.m. So if you have a middle school or a high school student and you want them to connect, please have them join us in the rail every second and fourth Sunday at 10 a.m. Our student leadership team has been preparing. They want to meet your students. They want to meet you and connect with you don't miss out on this opportunity for our students to fellowship with each other. They're meeting right now in the rail. So please, if you have any students, send them over. We also um, want to make you aware that next Sunday, September 18th, is Back to Church Sunday. We have been kind of, some of us, tiptoeing in and out on whether we want to come in person, and that's okay. But the time is now for us to join each other in person for fellowship. So Converge Nation, this one's really for you guys. If you want to join us in person, if you're in the McKinney area, stop by 1611 Wilmoth Road on next Sunday and the following Sundays to join us in person. Again, back to church Sunday. Don't forget, you can bring a friend, you can bring two friends, you can bring three friends. We would love to see you guys here in person. The last thing that I want to make you guys aware of is that we are preparing for fast 
forward. This will be a seven-day period of prayer and fasting beginning Sunday, September 25th, going through October 1st. We would love for you guys to join us in that time of prayer and fasting. Amen? Amen. As we move forward into the Blessed Life segment of our worship experience, this is our opportunity to help move forward the vision and the mission that God has given us here at Converge. And one of the ways that we do that is in our giving. Here at Converge, we often say that we do not live life with a clenched hand, but or clenched fist, but with an opened hand. We prioritize generosity here at Converge. And if you would like to do that, we have multiple ways that you can give. You can give here in person. We have ushers in the aisles with envelopes. We also have some on the backs of the seats in front of you. Just raise your hand if you need an ink pen or something. We'll get that to you guys. We ask that you would fill out those details in its entirety. That way we can properly record and account for your giving. You can give online safely and securely by visiting us at weareconverge.com forward slash give. You can give via text by texting Converge Give along with a dollar amount to 77977. We have multiple ways that you can give. All that information should be available for you on the screen. As always, we appreciate your generosity. We appreciate your financial partnership. We appreciate everything that you all do to help like, make life-giving ministry happen right here at Converge. Let us have a brief word of prayer. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we love you. We adore you. We thank you. And thank you is never enough, but it is what we have, so we thank you. We thank you for your generosity toward us. We thank you for your gifts toward us. And we thank you for every hand, every heart, every person that has sown into the ministry right here at Converge, Father. We pray blessings upon blessings upon blessings to those who are obedient to your word and faithful in loving you and giving generously. And we pray a double portion of those blessings upon those that desire to give but may not be able to in this moment. God, we appreciate you. We can't thank you enough, God, because it is all for you and it is all because of you. We take none of the credit for it. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Ushers, please serve the people. Thank you so much for your attention. Enjoy the rest of the worship experience.
This is not the time to get distracted. No, when this is not the time to go off course. Then this is not the time to lose your focus. You got a work to do.
what you gotta hold on. Don't let everything you sow be in vain. Said I know it's been rough. I know it's been tough. God's gonna do what He promised you if you just hold on. I know you gotta hold on. Cause waiting on the other side of temptation, waiting on the other side of this test, is everything you've ever dreamed, everything you prayed for, everything He promised you. Praise the Lord. Listen, uh, let, let's show our love one more time uh, for our new friend, Pastor Kevin LeVar. Come on. Listen, Doc. Uh, over the last two weeks, today included, you have just blessed our church uh, immeasurably, uh, even in our personal conversations, man. Just your heart for the Lord. Why don't you come with me center stage? Because uh, I want to do a formal introduction of Pastor Kevin uh, LeVar. Uh, anybody else here from the DMV? That's D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. We've got some Washington commanders in the house. Commanders, yeah. No, but he's originally from the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and uh, your ministry and all that good stuff. Man, I love Jesus, y'all. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's evident, Jesus. isn't it? I love Jesus. Evident. And uh, I, I, I would do it if y'all weren't here. So um, I was raised in the Church of God in Christ for the first 20 years of my life. My dad has been a, a preacher for all, all my life. Yeah. And, uh, and I just love the Lord. He raised us up in the, uh, the, the fear of the Lord. And mm. um, I started doing worship. Man, shucks, it's been some. So it's been a long time. Yeah. My godmother is Myrna Summers. I don't know if you guys know. She's a gospel singer back in the day, and so yeah. we used to travel with her yeah. for years. And just you know, I grew up in green rooms, looking out the back of the stage, watching her just wow. lead people into the presence of God. Awesome. And um, I'm just glad to be here, man. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, you shared your story of how you got to Frisco, and, but oh before we God. do that, we want to uh, acknowledge uh, a very special person in the house with us. And why don't My you do beautiful the honors? wife of, it'll be 12 years in December, December 17th, Shondell, stand and wave to the people with us, sweetheart. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And I, I, I'm going to tell you, I would not be standing here if it wasn't for her, man. Mm. I honestly believe mm. that. And when God picks for you, he just doesn't pick for your current day. Right. He picks knowing what you're going to need and who you're going to become. And so I'm serious, and I say this, and I've told her this, down through the years, I've just said, God, thank you, yeah. because you knew that this woman would be able to navigate this tight spot, and you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. You go through ups and downs. Everybody <laughs> can be with you when you're, when you're winning awards, and, and everybody's shouting your name, right. but when the lights go out Come and on. nobody is there, to have somebody, when you turn around and you can't see them, but you can feel them because they're that close to you, Absolutely. that's this woman, and I appreciate awesome. you. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, for better, for worse. 
Uh, you have the awesome privilege of pastoring a great church in Frisco. Uh, you guys have been going seven months, is that right? So we have babies. We just started uh, uh, seven months ago, and uh, God's been blessing, man. Yeah. We're, just, we're just crawling. We're crawling. Crawling. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Just yeah. keep swimming. Thank you, man. It's the word the Lord gave us a few weeks ago when we're kind of in the middle, uh, and, uh, and this thing could have gone any direction. Yeah. God came through. But in that waiting season, yeah. the Lord spoke to us from finding Nemo. Come on. <laughs> Dory's words to Marlon, Nemo's father, was simply just keep swimming. And sometimes in life, that's what you need to do. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Just keep swimming. And that's what you've done. Uh, your church meets on Sunday nights, and that's why you've been kind of hanging out yeah, with us. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I don't know about y'all, but I would love to keep Pastor Kevin on Sunday mornings. I'm, uh, just saying. <laughs> just saying. Just, just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Just in case the Lord is listening to my humble cry. Come on, you, we can go old school with that right there. Pass me not, oh gentle. All right. Hey, yeah. All right. Here, my humble, while on others thou art, do not pass me by. We're singing, Savior, my mind, Savior. Yeah. My, my humble, humble cry, cry. Hey! Oh, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. And then somebody would say, Ray, and tis so sweet. Pastor Kevin, my family would gather on Sunday mornings at home when we didn't go to church. And my dad would lead us in devotion, and we would sing songs of worship to the Lord. Not just songs of worship, but those old hymns of the church. One of my mom's favorite, and she's not here with us, but she's watching down, looking down on us and watching all that God is doing in this season. One of her favorites 
I don't know if y'all, y'all remember this one, but it simply says, Just as I without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to Thank you, Lord. I don't even know how we got there, buddy, but the Lord is good. Uh, and and uh, I want to celebrate. Oh, go ahead. Yes. Falling in love. Oh, my. Yes, sir. Jesus. Yeah. Falling in, come on. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love. With Jesus is the best thing. Is the, the best thing I've ever done. Who can testify? Come on, somebody. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I have ever done. Come on, we could just go home right there. Praise the Lord. Come on, I need to dust off my vocals a little bit and start singing again. Come on. It's been a while. Haven't taken care of my voice. But listen, uh, before, you, before, uh, before you exit the stage, man, we just want to celebrate something uh, incredible the Lord's doing in your life in this season, an incredible milestone. Tell us a little bit about nothing missing, nothing broken. Three and a half years ago, my wife and I, we recorded my whole band in D.C. at the City of Praise Free Ministries. Um, we recorded my third record. It was a worship record. And I thought that when I finished, that I'll be able to jump right in the studio but when I got home, I was so excited. About three or 4,000 people came out. People were excited about the record, calling me, when it's coming out, when it's coming out. When I got home, the Lord told me, put it on the shelf. Wow. He said, I want you to spend some time with your family. I want you to spend some time with me. I want you to come away with me. I want you to put that up. I want you to trust me. Right. Now, we had spent a lot of money on the record, and I was just excited about it. And uh, whenever you put a record out, income comes in. Yes, sir. So I said, God, now, hold on now. You, <laughs> this is how you're going to bless me now. Hold on now. You're telling me to put up my blessing. And he said, trust me, I feel the Lord. Wow. And I, and I put it up, and it was tough, guys. I had to lay down something that was really precious to me. I didn't realize it, that I identified myself by what I did. Mama. And God wanted to, he wanted to address that. Yeah. And so he, I didn't know when, I didn't know when he was going to let me pick it back up. Mm. And I felt like for a season, I was in a wrestling match with God. I was like, God, and I, and I finally just said yes to God. There's a song on the record called The Only Thing That Matters. Yeah, it's your will. It, it, it's your, his will. Y'all can his tell will, I've been listening time. to it Come since on, Friday. Man. Heavy rotation. Man, yeah, and, yeah. And it's literally the cry of my heart. So yeah. God took me through a broken season. I've written a song, A Heart That Forgives, many, many years ago. And I had no idea that the Lord told me, he says, Kevin, I can't bless you yet. He said, because, because you don't realize it, but you're waiting to say I told you so to the people that never believed in you. Mm. So you, 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 you want me to bless you. You have faith that I'm going to bless you, wow. but it's gotten a little convoluted and polluted with your ambition to, to, to be justified for the hurt that you experienced. Wow. And he says, wow. and I've got to take that out. And he, I don't mean this, but he told That's me, he right. said, Kevin, he says, 
he said, I know you want, you, everybody wants the blessings of Joseph, but not many people have the heart of Joseph. Mm. And he says, you've been asking me to bless you and raise you up and take you from the prison to the palace. But the question is, Kevin, can you give them Goshen? Yeah. Goshen was the best part of Egypt. Right. Joseph was willing because of the process that he went through. Yes, sir. He was willing to give them the best of Egypt to the ones that betrayed him and tried to kill him. And he Come says, on. until you're ready yeah. to give me your I told you so and give them Goshen. Mama. You're not ready for the palace. You ain't ready for the palace. And he took me through a process. Pastor, I didn't realize it, but in that period of waiting, he relocated us to Texas, got there, and about two weeks into being here in Texas, he said, now it's time to go back in the studio. Wow. I looked it up when I was in the studio on the first day, and the Lord said, look and see how many days it's been since, your last, since you last touched this thing. Mm. It had been 430 days. Wow. Now, the significance of that is, the prophet Ezekiel was asked by God, I had no idea, mm -hmm. to lay down on his side yeah. for 430 days. 430 God says, days. I was trying you to mm -hmm. see if you would lay down what was precious to you mm. for 430 days. My, my. So this thing has been processed out. Yeah, it's yeah. called Nothing Missing, Nothing Broken live um, at the City of Praise. Y'all, we pray over every track. And I'm not just talking about pray. I take a team of intercessors in the studio yeah. and we pray for the listeners and we bless the listeners and we say, God, we want your will to be done. Then we take those prayers yeah. and we put them in the track. Yeah. So yeah. it's undergirded with prayer and wow. I really believe, would y'all pray for me that this record would go around the world? There's yeah. a sound on this record. I believe it's going to change people's lives. Fantastic. Amen. Listen, I, I, it's been in heavy rotation. In fact, that's the only thing I've been listening to uh, all weekend has been nothing missing, nothing broken. It's blessed me. And, uh, and in, immeasurably. It's on all platforms, uh, wherever you download yeah. music, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, yeah. Amazon Music, everywhere. 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 Uh, so make sure you check out uh, Nothing Missing, Nothing Broken, Pastor Kevin LeVar. Can we do that real quick? Why don't you come center stage? Let's pray for Pastor Kevin. Father, we love you. We honor you and we thank you, God, that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Thank you, Father, for this new season, this new thing that you're doing in his life, in his family, in his church, in his ministry. I thank you, God, for opening doors for them that no man can shut. In the strong name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for global reach. We thank you, Lord, for global influence. That lives will be transformed for your glory in the presence of the Lord. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. And Father, as people listen to this record, I thank you that the broken things, the missing things, will be both healed and restored. In fact, we declare shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. One more time, let's show our love for my friend, Pastor Kevin LaVar, amen and amen. Uh, we could just go home right now. Amen, amen. Uh, today my assignment is, is a simple one. I have the awesome privilege of recounting the faithfulness of God uh, in our lives personally, but also in our church. This is by no means an exhaustive exposition of our history. I just want to highlight some key moments, some defining moments in the life cycle of our church that have brought us to this place. 
If I were to choose a title for today's message, it would simply be this. This is our story. In fact, if you put the graphic back on the screen, what I love about the graphic is the fact that we might call it our story, but ultimately it is his story through us. It's one chapter of God's grand story that he has chosen to write in us and through us. And today we get to celebrate it. Now, listen, uh, for some reason uh, uh, or any reason, he may have been on vacation, he may have been traveling. If you weren't here, come on somebody. We announced to Converge Church, those of, us, those of you who were in person and those of you who are watching online, uh, that 1611 Wilmoth Road is officially the new home of Converge Church. Amen? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's official. Listen, the ink has dried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is our house now. And, and, and it's, it's going to be a house where God transforms and impacts lives for his glory. Countless lives. People we haven't met, people we haven't seen yet, but guess what? They're on their way. Every empty seat you hear represents a person. And that person represents a decision for Christ. And that decision for Christ represents a disciple made. And that disciple made represents a destiny fulfilled. You know what that means? We got some work to do. We've got some people to love and we've got some people to reach. And the reason God has entrusted us with this space is so that we can serve our community and serve our community well. Last, last week, this place exploded when I went a step further and announced to us that not only have we closed all this building, but we are debt-free, paid in full. Come on, somebody. 26,100 square feet, paid in full. We don't owe nobody nothing. I told you the story when they listed the building, $7.5 million. The bidding got so fierce because everybody wanted this building. Because it wasn't just an empty building. They were selling the building with every chair, every piece of tech, not just in this room. Most people come to church and they only stop here. They haven't even been to see the rail where our students are meeting right now. Uh, 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 they haven't seen all the rooms that, listen, I can't even tell you what phase two is going to be just yet. I'll be getting ahead of myself. But it's going to be an incredible space that transforms lives to the glory of God. Hey, debt free. Come on, somebody. Now, listen, I got to say this again. It bears repeating because not only, not only were some people not here, but I asked you to take out this prayer card. These are prayers, strategic prayer points. They're in the back of your, they're in the back of your seat. And, 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 and these are things we prayed. And God not only answered these prayers, listen to me, he did exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ever ask or imagine. If you look at the very first section where it says a transitional or permanent facility, that is, number one, we had prayed that God would give us a strategically located uh, a facility. Strategically located meant two things, highly visible, easily accessible. God answered that prayer. We also prayed that it would be large enough to meet all of our ministry needs, both current and future. God answered that prayer. But we also prayed that it would be affordable, listen to me, affordably priced or free. I'm talking about a church that was bold enough, audacious enough to pray this kind of prayer. And guess what? Our God, who is big enough 
answered our prayers. I wonder how many times, how much, how often we limit our God because our prayers aren't big enough. Listen, we're just getting started. That field, listen to me, the field next door, two-thirds of it is ours, debt-free. There's more transformation that's going to happen, and it's because you prayed those prayers. Now, so let me just give you a quick update. Uh, phase one, phase one, phase one uh, of what we're going to do with this facility begins uh, tomorrow. Uh, they're coming. Uh, there's a crew coming to take down the Preston Trail sign. No disrespect. We love you. If you're watching and you have a sentimental attachment uh, to this space, just know it's in very good, able, and capable hands. And that the work you started here will continue through our congregation. But it's time for us to personalize it a little bit. Come on, somebody. So, so, so on Monday, on Monday, Stephen, uh, on Monday, there's a crew coming uh, that's going to take down the Preston Trail sign. Uh, uh, it's going to be six to eight weeks, though, because the whole world is on back order. It's going to be six to eight weeks before we put up not just our sign that says Converge Church, Jesus People Purpose. There's a second sign that we're going to hang right above the entrance to Converge Kids. And then we're also going to change the monument sign out front. And we will put a permanent indelible mark on this space that God has blessed us with. That's phase one. What I'm also excited about, we just felt um, that we needed to give this space a facelift. Amen. And so the exterior of the building, the painters are coming, uh, and we're going to paint the facility, give it a little farmhouse chic vibe. We're going to replace the red brick with something fly when you show up next Sunday. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to put our own little spin, our own little twist. It's going to make Chip and Joanna real jealous by the time we're done. Come on. People are going to be coming to Converge, not going to Waco to see what we're doing over here. That's happening next week, phase one. Uh, also, you'll start to notice some of the, in, the branding inside of the building is changing. You see the huge mural in the lobby that was specifically designed for Preston Trail. Uh, listen, uh, maybe next week when you come in, you might see your mug on the wall real big because we've been looking for all these pictures, scouring our uh, library of photos and uh, to celebrate the people that have made this possible. So you'll start to see what was branded for Preston Trail replaced with uh, uh, Converge Church over the next several weeks. Uh, we had a tentative date set, and I'll just mention this, uh, October 28th through the 30th, a whole weekend affair where we were going to dedicate the building to the glory of God. Uh, because uh, there was some delay in closing and also because everything is on back order, we may need to push that out. Uh, but we'll keep you apprised. We'll let you know uh, what's next. But we're going to celebrate this notable miracle that God has given us together. Uh, let me pray and then I'll sort of tell you how we got here in less than three years. And I'll explain why I said three years. Father, we come to you in the name that is above every other name, the strong name of Jesus. Lord, I pray everything we do in this moment would bring great glory to you and to you alone. Father, I pray that no flesh would glory in your presence, that you alone will receive all the glory and all the honor for what you have done through yielded vessels 
who simply chose to trust and obey. We give you the glory. We give you the honor and the praise for it. In the name that is above every other name, and that is the strong name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. As I mentioned earlier, if I were to choose a title to bring context to what I will share next, it will simply be this. This is our story. I think it's critically important for those of us who are gathered in this building, even those watching online, uh, to become a storyteller. And when I say you ought to become a storyteller, you ought to become intentional about creating chronicles of God's faithfulness in your life. The way the Israelites would do it is they would build monuments. They would gather stones, and those stones would become a monument of remembrance so that when life got hard, when they found, found themselves in a difficult place, they could always look back to those monuments to remind them of what God had done and to remind them that the same God who did it for them then would also be faithful to do it for them again. You ought to begin to journal. You ought to maybe even create a diary. You ought to take moments of your life where God did notable miracles and chronicle them in your own life. Because life happens without warning. And if what that great 20th century philosopher said was true, uh, then it's even more important because that 20th, 20th century philosopher was none other than Mike Tyson who said, everybody got a plan until they get hit. Yeah, yeah. Life will hit you unannounced. And it's in those moments when God seems silent that you have to have something. You have to have history with God, a story with God that will remind you of his faithfulness. And that's why the Israelites, one of the monuments they built was a monument called Ebenezer. And they said, thus far the Lord has helped us. Sometimes when you're going through, you just need to build an Ebenezer and say, you know what? Life seems uncertain. I can't say with certainty what's next, but thus far, up until now, the Lord has helped me. That's what this moment is about. We want to take this snapshot of this moment that God gave us a notable miracle, but we don't want to miss how we got here. It was exactly three years ago this month, September of 2019, when my wife and I, not just only in conversation, but in prayer both together and separately, just felt like something was desperately off. For us, it almost felt like driving. For those of you who drive a stick shift car, that transmission will let you know when it's time to downshift or upshift. You'll start to hear that grind. And every single day, Pastor Kevin, it just seemed like a grind, like this noise, like something was off, that it was time to shift. And we have discovered in our own lives personally and as leaders of a church, as pastors of a church, that when we don't know what to do, we do what we know to do, and that is to pray. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3 says it this way, call upon me and I will answer. And I will show you great and mighty things you know not. And when we found ourselves in that moment or that season of uncertainty and confusion, we did the one thing that the scripture says to do. Most people call 911. We dial Jeremiah 33.3. 3. Call upon me. 
and I will answer. That's the first part of the promise. You can have this assurance and this confidence in God that when you call upon him, he going to answer. And not only will he answer, he will show you great and mighty things you do not know. He will bring you into a place of awareness that was lacking before you prayed. And sometimes that awareness is an awareness of yourself. A lot of times when we pray, we want God to change other people. But sometimes when we pray in earnest, what God does is he removes the blind spots in our lives about ourselves. Because not every problem we encounter in life is satanic or demonic in origin. There are some tests and some trials that are sovereign. There are some tests and some trials that are satanic in origin, Job. And there are some tests and trials that you will experience that are self-inflicted. It ain't the devil. It's the consequences of your choices. And when life isn't going the way you imagined it, the way you scripted it, when you lean into Jeremiah 33 and 3, he's going to answer. And sometimes the answer is about you, not about other people. Abraham Maslow, the father of modern psychology, said it this way. What is necessary for a person to change is an awareness of themselves. Listen, nobody is motivated. Nobody has incentive to change until they become aware of themselves. So three years ago, listen, it is no coincidence that we closed on September 1st. That exactly three years to the month that we started to pray and intercede and ask God for clarity that we closed on this building. Somebody said uh, uh, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. We think it was us. We think it was coincidence. We think it was an accident. No. Sometimes what we call coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. So three years ago, we started to pray. And as we started to pray, and let me mind that at this time, we were city church. And we had gone through this weird season where it seemed like every Sunday it was a replay of Exodus. <laughs> or every week, my wife and I were getting a text about why another family or another group of families were transitioning. Sometimes it was, listen, I need something better for my kids. And that's understandable. Because when you're meeting in a movie theater, week in and week out, over time, those kids go to VBS and they got rock climbing walls and video games. Their kids want that too. And this was the pattern. It seemed like every summer <laughs> when kids would go to VBS, then we would get emails or text messages, hey, Pastor Ray, we need something different, something better for our church. And our numbers began to sink significantly. Not only that, not only that, there was all kinds of strife and confusion. And I'm like, Lord, what is this? And we set ourselves to pray. And out of that season of prayer, Pastor Kevin, God gave us two very specific instructions. And those two specific instructions 
fall under this one heading that I want to share with you today because it's not just about telling you our story. I believe it might even help you connect the dots for your own life and maybe even help you consider some adjustments you need to make in your own life that will get you from where you are to where God is calling you to be. So my prayer is as I share our story, that maybe you will find something helpful in it that you can personalize and you can apply to your own life so that you can experience everything that God has created you and called you to accomplish on this side of eternity. Are y'all with me? Here's our anchor text. Here's our anchor text. And our anchor text picks up almost mid-sentence in the story of Samuel and Saul. Saul is now king of Israel, but Saul has tremendous insecurity issues. If you are here for our ghost stories series, I spoke at length about what Saul was dealing with, wrestling with, grappling with in his own life, and that was the imposter syndrome. And the imposter syndrome is simply, everybody thinks I'm so great, but it's only a matter of time before they found out, find out how not so great I am. And the scripture says that Saul stood head and shoulders above everyone else in Israel. Not only that, he was the most handsome, the best looking cat in all of Israel, the tallest cat in all of Israel. And naturally, what are we going to do? He the best looking? He's the biggest and tallest? Of course, he should be our king. Yet they had no idea of the internal insecurities and feelings of inadequacy that Saul wrestled with. And as you begin to read the narrative, you see the tale of two kings. One king is the people's choice, and the other king is God's anointed. Saul is the people's choice. David is God's anointed. And as you read the story, what you'll discover is that whoever you allow to crown you, you will owe your allegiance to. There are people who have become people pleasers, who li whose lives are driven and dictated by what the people want, with no regard for what God desires. And that's why Saul lost the kingdom over a song. Because when the song was no longer about him, when they started to sing the praises of a shepherd boy, Pastor Kevin, like you said, his identity was all wrapped up in what he did, not who he was. And so when the women started to sing, Saul has slain his thousands. Our king has killed thousands, but there's a little 16-year-old shepherd boy that's killed tens of thousands. He lost his mind. Because everything that Saul believed about himself was driven by and informed by the praises of people. And so when we pick up the sentence, the story, God has sent a message to Saul to offer sacrifices, but wait seven days until Samuel arrives. Samuel was the prophet. Saul was the king. In Old Testament uh, 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 structures, there was the prophet, there was the priest, and there was the king. Each one had very distinct roles. The role of the prophet was to speak from God to the people, 
thus saith the Lord. So the, they would, the prophet, God would speak to the prophet, and the prophet would declare what God had to say. The role of the priest was inverse or opposite of the role of the prophet because the priest spoke from the people to God. Prophet from God to the people, priest from the people to God. The priest would bring the petitions of the people, the sacrifices of the people, and offer them up before God. The role and responsibility of the king, and at this time Saul is the king, is to provide and to protect. So God sends his message through Samuel, the prophet, who was also a priest. Remember, he was nurtured at the feet of Eli, the priest. So Samuel filled two roles. I'm going somewhere with this. He was both prophet and priest. So, so God sends word to, to Saul, the king, and says, seven days, wait for Samuel, and he'll offer the sacrifice. But guess what happened? The people started to murmur and started to complain, and they said, Saul, t- I mean, Samuel, taking too long, you go ahead and offer the sacrifice. Somebody say, stay in your lane. You will have difficulty in life staying in your lane if you live for the applause of men, not the approval of God. And because the people insisted, we want Saul as king. Every decision Saul made was to please the whims and the desires of the people. So we pick up the text mid-sentence. Because when we pick up the text... Samuel shows up, ready to offer the sacrifice, and Saul's already done it. Come on, how did that Miami Vice just happen with my sleeves? Come on, somebody. Y'all see that? Pastor got some skills. Okay, Uh, what was I talking about again? Oh, Samuel showed up. Say, Saul, okay, you ready? I'm here, man, for the sacrifice. Uh, Guess what Saul said? Uh, Samuel, uh, what had happened was the people started to murmur and complain that you were taking too long. So I stepped out of my lane and did something I wasn't authorized to do. We pick up the, the conversation mid-sentence. I, I'll try to help somebody. I'm trying to help somebody this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 22 from the New Living Translation says it this way. So after Saul gave all of his excuses, tried to justify his actions, Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Obedience is better. Somebody say better. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. I'm speaking to somebody this morning who believes they can sacrifice their way into God's favor while they disobey him. Ain't happening. Ain't happening. 
It is your obedience to the instruction of God that will cause you to intersect the blessing and the favor of God, not your sacrifice, while you're disobedient. Because obedience to the voice of God, the instruction of God is better than anything you could ever sacrifice. And I wonder how many of us are steady sacrificing, doing this, doing that, doing this, doing that. And we say, Lord, when are you going to open the door? Uh, I'm going to open the door when you obey my voice. And I'm wondering how many of us have received an instruction from God that we have yet to obey. Listen, it's not about the sacrifice. It's not about the fatted rams. It's not about the offerings. It is about your obedience and your submission to what God said you ought to do. Now, may I submit to you this morning that when you and I ask God for a miracle, he responds with an instruction. Oh, no, let me, talk to the, let me talk to the charismatics and Pentecostals over here. When you ask God for a miracle, he responds with an instruction. Uh, Jesus, we've run out of wine. Fill the pots with water. Uh, Master, we've told all night and caught nothing. Let down your nets. Jesus, I have a withered hand. Stretch forth your hand. Uh, uh, Lord, the Egyptians are, are coming, and, and here's the Red Sea, and here's the Egyptian army. Stretch forth your rod. Whenever you ask God for a miracle, he responds with an instruction. And his instruct, instruction is often illogical. It makes no empirical sense to do what God is saying to do. What does marching around the walls of Jericho have to do with defeating them? So you're telling me, if I march around this wall, that's impenetrable and impregnable for seven days, and on the seventh day I march around seven times, that somehow I'll win the victory? Yeah. Yeah. You mean to tell me, if I want God to heal me of leprosy, if I'm naming, here it is, I got to go dip myself in that filthy, dirty Jordan? Not only that, Converse Church, I have to submit to the counsel of a girl who's been sweeping my house. Remember the story of Naaman? It was a little girl, servant girl in this house who said, Naaman, I know you're this mighty commander, but there's a prophet in Israel named Naaman. I mean, named uh, 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 Elisha. And if you go see him, he's going to help you. Let me tell you part of the problem why we don't even get to the miracle of God is something called pride. Hold up. I'm the commander of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I'm going to listen to this maid, and somehow if I listen to the maid, I'll get my healing. Not only do I have to submit to the maid, okay, let me just take the first step. Let me go see Elijah. Oh, is it Elijah or Elisha? Elisha. Elisha wouldn't even come out to see him. Elisha said, and it was customary that if you came to see the man of God, the man of God would come out. Man of God didn't come out of his house. He said, go tell that great, mighty commander-in-chief, joint chiefs of staff, to go dip himself in the Jordan seven times. I ain't even coming out to talk to him. 
And in order for him to receive his healing, he not only had to obey the instruction, he had to humble himself enough that even when protocol wasn't observed, let me tell you something. Most of us miss our miracle. Not because of the message, but because of the messenger. Our disdain and disrespect for how the message comes often causes us to miss the miracle. God, if you speak to me, I want to hear a booming voice from heaven. I don't want you to talk to me through that H-heart lady downstairs. God, I'm the manager on this job. You ain't going to speak to me to some, through some analyst. Yet God sometimes entrusts our miracle to voices and vessels we least expect. To obey is better than sacrifice. I'm, I'm, I'm about to get to our story. All of that was just the introduction. Because when God speaks, he often speaks, he answers. The answer to our miracle is often an illogical instruction. The reason we're standing in a debt-free building Listen to me. After we wrestled and struggled for years, when there were more people coming than we see now, and God says, Ray, Wendy, in this season, I'm going to do more with less. I'm going to do for you and Wendy what I did for Gideon. When he showed up with 30,000 and I sent 29,700 of them home and said, all you need is 300. He said, that's what I'm going to do. And I told this church, before we got into the, anybody remember that? When God said, I will do more with less. It's when God begins to multiply and increase your life by subtraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some things that have to exit, that have to exit in order for God to do what he wants to do. And I'm not dismissing people. That's not what I'm doing. I'm celebrating the miracle working power of God that God said, listen, you don't need 30,000. I will do this through 300 so that everyone will know I did it. Listen, when I tell the rest of the story and I tell you who God used, that, listen, somebody right here in our church. That y'all don't even know God has been blessing over the last few years. I still remember when I stood in the parking lot with this person. And I still remember the prayer I prayed with them. Proverbs 10 and 22. Which simply says, the blessing of the Lord maketh one rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. Fast forward. Fast forward. When this person came to us, they were driving a truck. About eight years ago, an old beat-up Fred Sanford F-150. Said, Pastor, I got to get to work. But my tires are bald, and I'm afraid for my children. I've got to take them to daycare. I'm talking about people in this room now who can't see beyond what they're going through. On the other side of the test... On the other side of the your temptation is your destiny. Isn't that what you're just saying? And in that moment, this guy couldn't even see 
But listen, no, no, he could. I take that back. He could see it. He could see it. Because this is what he said. While Pastor Wendy and I had downsized from our house in Little Elm to start this church. Because again, church folk were dragging us. We were living in Little Elm. We would go to the Walmart. We would go to Target. We would see people that we had cried with, who we had served, and they were dragging, simply because we wanted to start a church. And so we uprooted, left our house, downsized to a two-bedroom apartment in Fairview. And this guy came to us and said, Pastor, can you help me? I said, absolutely. This is what he told me. When he didn't have money to buy a set of new tires, he said, Pastor Ray, I will stroke the first million-dollar check to Converge Church. And I took his hands, and I prayed Proverbs 10 and 22 over him. And you know why I prayed that prayer? I prayed that prayer because God heard him. God heard him. In that moment, even though he had a need, he already believed for what he would do for our church. The reason he is where he is today is because when he had nothing, he had already made a vow before God that this is what I'll do for my church. It ain't somebody from outside our church. Somebody right in here. I'm telling you, this is a season. Listen, how many times y'all see me take up an offering in this church? Personally. When was the last time you heard me teach a series on giving? Everybody shaking their head. Yet God has given us a notable miracle. Because the choice that my wife and I have made. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm talking about living and walking by faith. If we, we, if we're not going to talk to the people about the problem. God, we're going to talk to you. And you will talk to your people. And you'll not only talk to them, you will promote them. You will increase them. So that we don't have to manipulate anybody for nothing. And God has done it. Listen to me. If you miss opportunities to give, if you miss opportunities to sow, if you miss opportunities to be faithful with God with what he has entrusted to you, when Deuteronomy 8 and 18 says, I give you the power to get wealth. So that my covenant might be established in the earth. It's not to enrich yourself. The reason God gives it to you is so that he can establish his covenant. And the reason that God has given it to this individual is because God knows I can establish my covenant through you. You can hold on to your money all you want. God will do it through someone else. You will miss out on what you could have had in him. Listen, let me tell you, you need to stay to the end of the service. You see, Pastor Ray, what are you talking about? There was a rich young ruler that came to Jesus. And he said to him, hey, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, sell everything you have. And the scripture says he walked away sad. He said, I've honored all your commandments since I was a child. Jesus said, one thing you lack, sell everything you have and follow me. The scripture says he walked away sad. 
And after he walked away, Jesus turned to the crowd and said, Anyone who gives up houses and land and family for my sake will not only reap a hundredfold in the life to come, but also in this life. You see, the part that he missed was the promise. He heard Jesus say, give up everything you have. He didn't realize that you and I can never outgive God. He left before he heard the promise. And Jesus' promise to him is that you're going to get all of that back in this life and in the life to come. Most of us don't stay till the service. We say all people want is our money. Are you serious? Really? Let me, let me just tell you one more thing. Talk about phase one. The cost of phase one is $85,000. All that stuff I'll tell you about putting aside, the signs alone that are going on that building, $40,000. Just the signs that are going to hang on the building. All people want is our money. No, 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 no. Money just magnifies and amplifies who you already are. If you're stingy, the more money you have will just amplify your stinginess. If you're generous, the more money you have, the more generous you will be. It ain't going to change you. It just magnifies who you already are. And the problem is most people aren't generous toward God. You ain't got a problem when Chase Bank and U.S. Bank be calling you for their mortgage. When Visa call you for their money. Yet when God simply says, if you build my house, I'm going to build your house. We don't wrestle with anybody. I wish it were easier. I wish it didn't have to be faith. I wish it was just obedience, God's people's obedience to give. That it didn't have to rest with a few people doing all the lifting. That everybody would do their part. I wish that what it was, but that's not the case. But guess what? Pastor Wendy and I live in such a way that we don't need anybody's permission to believe God for big things. You can give if you want. You can give, you don't give, that's your problem. But you miss out. You miss out on this supernatural kingdom transaction. Can I talk about you for a second? Unsolicited. 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 As we're about to close, before we even close, Malak, because she understands kingdom principles. And listen to me, Malak got saved in our church. She was raised a Muslim. Her business has been going through the toughest how many years? Five, six years. All kinds of crazy stuff. Has every reason to say, no, I can't do it, Pastor Ray. Unsolicited. She comes to me because she understands kingdom. She was raised Muslim. Let me just, let me just say this to you. The two times Jesus said, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel, he was talking about two people who were Gentiles. The Canaanite woman and uh, 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 the centurion. They weren't Israelites. Because church folk don't get it. 
a young lady who was born Muslim gets it more than church folk. And in the midst of going through the most difficult time in her business, she has been the most generous person in our church. When she had every reason to say, I ain't going to do it. And so this is what happened. I even get to the story. But this is what happened. Say, Pastor Ray, I know we're about to close. Have you gotten any quotes on the signs? And so I've gotten a few quotes. He said, can I send you to my sign guy? We got about four quotes. I sent them over to her. I said, hey, this is, uh, Pastor Ray. I said, this is the quote we're going to go with. Unsolicited, she offered to pay for the big sign that's going on the building, which is $18,000. Unsolicited. I didn't go to her and say, can you do this? Because she understands kingdom. She knows that all this stuff is going to be changing. And there are small-minded people who say, all church one is my money. No, 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 no. I got the first water bill, $1,000. The reason it was $1,000 is because they charged me twice, I think, for water and sewer to even connect, to reconnect and move it over into Convergence. It was a $1,000 water bill. All churches one is my money. What am I saying? As I sat across from Malak, I said, Malak, how do you do this? Why do you do this? This is what she said. She said, the reason my businesses are still successful is because I give. So this isn't the time now, right, for us to develop dinosaur and alligator hands. Hands that can never reach your wallet. <laughs> Y'all know that pregnant pause when you go out to eat. And I don't know where we get this in Texas. But the way I've lived my whole life, if I say, hey, let's go eat. Hey, let's go out to eat. If I invite you, it's automatic. I'm paying for it. <laughs> Ever since I moved to Texas, like, hey, man, let's go out to eat, blah, 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 blah. And when the bill comes. Uh, is, this, is this together or separate? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Crickets. Crickets. That's dinosaur, alligator, not alligator, but dinosaur hands. Your hands can never reach your wallet. And a faith that hasn't reached your wallet hasn't reached your heart. The Vikings, as the gospel moved across Europe, when they were baptized, they would be baptized with one hand raised out of the water with their sword. You say, you can baptize me, but don't baptize my sword. Because I, I, I'm still going to kill a lot of people. And that's the way people are. They get baptized, but they get baptized with their wallet out of the water. And a faith that hasn't reached your wallet hasn't reached your heart because where a man's treasure is. So let me finish our story. Can I finish our story? The Cowboys don't play the seven. I already know what y'all, I already, let me tell you another story. Let me tell you another story. Let me tell you another story. 
I invited a young man who had been coming to our church to lunch, and I paid for it. As we're walking out of the restaurant, he hands me a check. Oh, he hands me an envelope. And he said, Pastor Ray, I just want to do this. Again, unsolicited. When you talk to God about the problem, God will talk to his people. He said, uh, my wife and I just want to do this for Converge Church. I went out to have breakfast with no expectation. Just to be a blessing to this young man and to speak into his life. When I get home that day, I open the check. I mean, I open the envelope. Y'all remember telling me, y'all remember y'all, I told a story about a guy who was leaving the church and he wanted his building fund back? And we went and looked at the, the, the records. Uh, he gave $10,000, he thought. But we went back and get, looked at it. He had given $12,500. And we politely sent him his check back. Because God was doing a notable miracle for us. And that God doesn't need you to do what he's going to do. God invites us into the miracle because he wants us to be blessed because of it. He wants to get, listen, God doesn't want any, God wants to get something through, here, here it is. We say don't live with a clenched fist, live with an open hand. God is like, listen baby, what I got for you is so big. The problem is, I'll try to get it to you, but you hold it on to this little that you got. And every time, the thing just hovering over, and if you would let go of what's in your hand, I will open the windows of heaven, but your problem is clenched fist, not open hand. So God, because he can't get it through you, he can't get it to you. Your hand's tight. Like this. And God said, I got all of this for you. If you, baby, if you simply just open your head and trust me with this little, little something you got right here. So I opened up the check, and guess what? It was exactly $12,500, the same amount that this guy wanted back. That said, I'm thinking about getting my lawyers involved. I said, getting your lawyers involved for what? He said, I want my money back. I said, that's what you want? Because he kept sending texts, but hey, what's the status of the bill? What's the? I said, we're still looking. He said, man, listen, I'm going to get my lawyers involved for what? He said, I want my money back. I said, hold, hold on. Which, by the way, we have an external accounting firm that manages all of our books. And they send a monthly report, and all of our board members have visibility to it. What God wants to do through us is too big for Wendy and I to be frugal with money. And that's why Jesus said, if I can't trust you with unrighteous mammon, money, how can I even trust you with true riches? Most of us don't even get to the, the, the true riches of God because money is still our God. Yeah. You ain't got money. Money got you. And if you'll only stay till the end of the service, you will hear Jesus say, anyone who gives up houses and land and family for my sake will in this life and in the life to come reap a hundredfold than what you gave. Okay.
So let me close. The Lord gave us two instructions, two instructions, and we obeyed those instructions. And because we obeyed those instructions, less than three years later, we're sitting in a debt-free building. We were grinding for eight years. We saw exponential growth where at one time we're running over 200 and we were only about a year and a half in. And then all of a sudden, it's like, what's going on? And three years ago this month, we sought the Lord. The Lord gave us two instructions, and this is where I close. First instruction, he said, separate from Lot. Separate from Lot. Y'all know the story? God spoke to Abram and said, go out to a place that I will show you, and I will bless you, and I'll make your name great. He said, get out from your father's house, from your country, from your kindred. But Abram brought Lot with him. Listen to me. Partial obedience is disobedience. If you ad-lib the script, if you deviate from the script, no matter how close you are to it, it is still disobedience. And I still remember at the time we felt the Lord speak to us. <laughs> I joke about this all the time, and y'all bear with me. I got to tell this story. Can I just tell this story? Can y'all give me 10 minutes and I'm done? 10 minutes, that's all. There you go. Take your time, Pastor. <laughs> at the time we stepped out to plant Converge Church, uh, Pastor Wendy had been home uh, because she had just had Levi. Nia was five, just had Levi. My parents had moved in with us from Columbus and I was the only one working. Had one income and I was responsible for, for six. And the Lord said, start the church. How many of you realize that when you quit your job, they stop paying you? Yeah. How do you quit your job and you got six mouths to feed? Unless it's obedience to an instruction from the Lord. When Pastor Wendy and I made the transition, there were people who had left the church where we served who said, hey, man, I heard you left. We're not going to any church anywhere. Can we come help you? So I was like, wow, the provision of the Lord. I didn't go after anybody. They came to me. In the process what God was speaking to my heart began to change because people who held the purse strings said, if you go to Allen, which is where we thought we were supposed to be, if you go to Allen, I ain't coming. I love you, but I ain't going to be driving from Frisco to Allen to come to one of your services. In fact, let me help you out. There's a guy in Prosper who has a building, and we can meet there. And when you have six mouths to feed, and the people you think are supposed to undergird the vision say, I ain't going to Allen, I'm going to Prosper, guess what? You compromise. In retrospect, I know now that God wanted to do it much differently. But in my fear, I brought Lot with me.
Can I be honest with you? In my fear, I brought Lot with me. So I still remember there was a family that was leaving our church, or families. <laughs> Seemed like it was a trend that particular year. Because when I read the email, I said, man, that sounds like so-and-so, that sounds like so-and-so, that sounds like so-and-so. So they all wrote how much they hated us and put it in one email. And I could already tell, oh, that sounds like so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. And when the Lord gave me the instruction and said, separate from Lot, I was like, Lord, what does that mean? I was praying, and the Lord reminded me of that email. They had sent it about a year before. And in the email, one of the statements was, um, you and Wendy would have pastored, but there never would have been a city church without us. And he listed the names of the people. And it was almost, I can still see it to this day, when I was praying, the Lord reminded me of an email that I had gotten a year before. And it was almost like it was highlighted in yellow. And the Lord says, I need you to separate from this. Those who believe that there never would have been a city church without them. You got to break free from that. And so when we changed to Converge Church, it was out of, now listen, this whole time, Abram is still Abram. After he separated from Lot, God says to him in the very next chapter, Now, Abram, walk before me and be perfect, and I will be your shield and exceeding great reward. And God cut covenant with him, and he became Abraham. As long as Lot was with him, he was still Abram. Still blessed, but he wasn't a covenant man until he separated from Lot. And so it, September of 2019 is when this prayer thing happened. By January 1st of 2020, we were Converged Church. And we didn't just do a name change. We dissolved the entire 501c3. Everything that said City Church Global Ministries on it is now defunct. We didn't just change it. We dis in obedience to God. And we changed the name. Second instruction the Lord gave us. Jeremiah 18. Lord says to Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house and I'll show you some things. And the, 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 the lump of clay was marred in the potter's hands. And so the potter took that same lump and made it again into another vessel as it pleased the potter to make. And the Lord said, I will take this same lump, but I will make a different vessel. And what the Lord was saying to me and Pastor Wendy is, you were called. Just as Abraham was called, but you brought Lot with you. When you get rid of Lot, I'm going to take that same lump, same vision, and I'm going to make it into a different vessel. For eight years, we were grinding in a movie theater. And because we obeyed the instruction of the Lord, less than three years later, listen to what I'm saying, less than three years later, we are sitting in a debt-free building. When we brought Lot and tried to do it with Lot, the hand of the Lord wasn't on it. There was a measure of blessing because Abram was blessed, Lot was blessed, they had all the livestock they needed. But notice, where are we? We're not in Allen, but we're across 75. Our first mailbox was an Allen mailbox. Because that's where we thought the Lord was calling us. And as God has done this notable miracle for us, he's brought us back across 75. Because I still believe it was our partial obedience that delayed what God wanted to do. 
I wonder how many of us have delayed what God wants to do because of our disobedience or our partial obedience. Because obedience is still better than any sacrifice you can make. God didn't do the miracle for us until Pastor Wendy and I got back into a place of obedience to God. Even though we had sacrificed for years, it wasn't until we separated from Lot that God was able to make a new vessel out of an old lump of clay. This is where I close, and this is my final closing. And it is from Job chapter 36, verse 11. I mean, people are calling and texting our board. They're calling and texting me. It's not, now, wait, who, who's this? Who's Ray Harmon? Who's Wendy Harmon? How did it happen? Somebody gave them millions of dollars to buy a building? Listen to me. When you obey God, your life will become the exception. God will do things for you that he hasn't done for anyone else. And when you become the exception, God will make your life a precedent for those who follow you. People will begin to say, God, you did it for Converge. I know you can do it for me. If you allow yourself to become God's exception. So this is where I close. Did I say that already? No, I promise you, this is the final close. Job chapter 36 and verse 11. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Listen to me. If you will obey God and if you will serve God, if you obey God, in every area of your life. And if you will serve him. If you will dedicate and devote your life to his service. And you will simply obey him. If you will simply obey God. Our obedience was a multi-million dollar turnaround. What, what instruction, man, have you ignored, dismissed, and not obeyed or partially obeyed. God says, if you obey me and serve me, two things are going to happen. Prosperity. I'll prosper you. That word prosperity simply, simply means success on your journey. I'll give you success on your journey. Every aspect, your marriage, your relationships, your business, I'll cause them to be fruitful. And pleasures, pleasures, just the joy of the Lord. The peace of God. All the things you're fighting and wrestling for are connected to your obedience. So, Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. I pray that you would make Job chapter 6, 36 and verse 11, our portion. For those who have been struggling with your instruction. Because, first of all, it's illogical. What in the world does separate from Lot mean? You mean I need to give up certain relationships or friends or, or thought processes or... God, whatever it is for that one, I pray that they would heed your instruction because on the other side of the test, 
on the other side of the temptation, as Pastor Kevin led us in soul, is our destiny. We trust you for that now. Do it in us and do it through us. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Did that help anybody this morning? Amen. On your way out, on your way out, the ushers are going to give you some cards. And it's just an invite card that you can give to someone, a co-worker, a friend, a relative. Invite them to back to church Sunday. Amen. It's going to be the beginning of filling these pews as we continue to reach people in our community. This is our story. But God wants to write a brand new story in your life. He wants to make you the exception. He wants to make you the exception so that you can become the precedent. Why don't you stand with me in Jesus' name? And when we say these words, they're not just empty words. They are faith-filled, life-giving words. Ancient words that Moses spoke over the nation of Israel when he blessed them. So, Father, right now we just don't say these words. We, we say them, but we believe them. The psalmist said, I believed, therefore have I spoken. So, Father, we believe it and we speak it. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you, sustain, protect, undergird. Come on, somebody. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious, gracious, gracious unto you and give you peace. His shalom, nothing missing, nothing lacking, and nothing broken. Father, do miracles for your people this week. We ask you for that. Do miracles for your people this week. Do miracles for your people this week as your countenance and your face shines upon us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week for Back to Church Sunday. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's message was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some materials to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you would like more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at echurch@weareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can also give by texting 77977 and send Converge Give in the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.